to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul, and it's a solo episode for the uh, the post-game, I guess you could say, of the first night of the Stanley Cup playoffs, headed into the second night. As we said, that after there were games, there would be an Overtime Hockey Talk episode every single night through the playoffs. That's what we're bringing to you. Uh, these are going to be shorter episodes, uh, a couple longer episodes throughout the week. Some of them solo. Some of them, of course, Justin will be joining me, and then we'll have some other guests on as well to talk about some respective teams that people cover. Uh, but I, I mean, let's just jump right into the first night. The Philadelphia Flyers came out very flat, and of course, get absolutely ruined by the Penguins seven nothing. Uh, a small side note. Matt Murray has just tied the record for consecutive shutouts in the playoffs, dating back to last year's Stanley Cup final. He now has three straight shutouts, and uh, no one has ever had four before. So we'll see if uh, you know. We'll see what happens in Game Two. But let's just break down Game One. Uh, I think that this is the maybe the least interesting game obviously it's 7 nothing but also a very telling game because coming into this game we knew a few things we knew first off that the penguins have posted up 5 goals in all four regular season games so like we said in our playoff preview i knew that the penguins would probably score quite a few goals and that the flyers wouldn't be able to keep up so uh, that's exactly what we saw obviously uh, a hype a hyperbole of that exact fact Sidney Crosby just showing that he still is the best player in the world. I mean, if you didn't catch his behind-the-back bat out of the air, it's definitely worth going and watching the highlights just for that reason. It was just an all-out dominance by the Penguins, but at the same time, you know, you, you got to... You got to take it on the nose when you uh, when you screw up. And, and Brian Elliott, he truly was the reason that they got off to such a, a bad start. I mean, some of the goals were kind of fortunate, like Crosby's bat out of the air. And, I mean, by that point, that was 5 nothing for the Penguins. But letting out a huge rebound on Brian Russ's goal, I mean, just a monster rebound. Like, this was a – this rebound looked like something out of – Drop in hockey, like no offense to the drop in goalies, but and they usually their rebound control is suspect because it's not their full time job. But this was just a lazy bat out of the air with your blocker instead of trying to absorb the puck and make a play with the puck, uh, at least cover it. But instead throws it out in the middle of the ice, and of course Brian Russ sends it home. And that was two minutes into the game, two and a half minutes. And it was kind of all downhill from there. Crosby, of course, just cleaning up with his hat trick. Uh, I think, and and by the time he scored goal two and three, that was Peter Mrazek coming into the game. So, yeah, how do you like to be chased by a behind-the-back batting of the puck? And that's why you're pulled. Uh, I think that it was goaltending effort. Didn't look great. Brian Elliott really struggled. But the team in front of him was giving up way too many opportunities. And it's not to say that Matt Murray didn't play well. He made 24 saves, but a lot of those saves by that point were pretty inconsequential. And I, I think that we will see more of this. It may not be a 7 nothing win. I, I don't think that the, the Penguins will sweep the Flyers, but 
it is just not uh, a good matchup for the Flyers, and it's pretty clear. This is not 2000 and, uh, 2011 or 12 when they played each other and Giroux was claimed the greatest player in the world by their head coach at the time. And it's just by Peter Laviolette when he was the coach of Philadelphia. It's just not that team anymore. And Pittsburgh plays a completely different style. And I, I think that Philly actually mimics that style to a point. They just don't have the depth or the talent to keep up. Even the Flyers' best players aren't as good as the Penguins' best players because Penguins maybe have the best players in the league. So uh, it's uh, going to be a long series for the Flyers. Hopefully they can make it a little more interesting than 7 nothing though. That would be great for everyone. Let's shift gears and uh, let's let's talk Jets Wild Game 1. This was a fantastic game. Uh, just hits after hits. There was accounted for 70 hits in this game. Uh, it seemed like, I think they said in the broadcast that after it was four minutes into the second period that there had been 36 hits. Uh, the hits did slow down a little bit. Uh, that's because you can't maintain that type of pace. It was insane. It, it, when you're watching it, you're going, okay, who's going to die first? Because it was just every single time the puck went in the corner, it was an explosive hit. I mean, we're not talking just little, you know, rub your shoulder into a guy and quote unquote finish your check. We're talking, I'm going to can finish my check. Uh, just an all out bloodbath in that first period and it sort of calmed down from there although it wasn't I, I won't say calm down I'll, I'll just say that maybe guys were picking their spots a little more as the game went along I think you know that first period you're pumped up you're excited but this is not the you don't play that kind of game all the time especially against the Jets as the Jets are a big team and so you don't maybe want to get into that kind of track meet with the Jets uh, that the with the Wild so Face-off wise, the Jets did win fifty-four percent of the face-offs. That played a big part into it. Doubled up the Wild on shots, forty to twenty. It was a three-two game. It could have been six-two for the Jets. Uh, Devin Dubnik played fantastic. And really, when you watch this game and you you're into it and you you're understanding the pacing of what's happening, it was all Jets almost all the time. And there was maybe a five-six minute span where it was the Wild, and they, that's where they scored both their goals. Uh, they they So the Jets win 3-2. to two. The Wild score two goals in two minutes and 12 seconds early on in the first period. In the first four minutes of the first period, they have two, they score two goals to go up 2-1. And 57, 53 seconds later, Patrick Laine ties the game at 2-2, and away we go. Uh, the Jets completely dominated. You know what this reminded me of? This reminded me of it reminded me of last year when the Wild played the Blues and the Wild were all over the Blues and yet Jake Allen stole the show and the Blues beat the Wild and the Wild were left wondering what happened. Well, this was the flip side. The Wild almost pulled it off and it would have been the same thing. Like you were saved by your goaltender and that is simply it. Uh, it looked like and the Jets just had an advantage in every way on the ice. And we knew that it would be an issue with Ryan Suter out. Of course, if you don't know, Ryan Suter 
plays 30 minutes a night for the Wild, and he's gone for the rest of the year. And so who does that leave with taking a spot? Well, that's Matt Dumba playing over 30 minutes of this game. Jonas Brodeen playing 26, and then you've got Spurgeon playing 20. So you're, you're essentially splitting the duties between three guys, Sousey, Prosser, and Sealer playing all about 15 minutes. So uh, <clears throat> it's it's going to be a very big struggle for the, the Wild to keep up. You know, the thing that I noticed the most about this was every time the Wild were generating opportunities, for the most part... I mean, other than, you know, you had you had the Zach Parisi goal assisted by Granlin and, and Koivu. Granlin made a nice move around his man and then slid it across the crease for Parise to, to put in. Parise made a nice little adjustment on the puck. <clears throat> but for the most part, all the scoring opportunities, it was Daniel Winnick and... It was uh, it was Matt Cullen, Charlie Coyle actually had a had a pretty good game, but guys were missing the net, and the guys that were generating offense were the guys that, I mean, it's nice when they do generate offense, you know. Of course, and Matt Cullen gets gets a goal, and everyone loves Matt Cullen. Come on, Matt Cullen is a he's a consummate hockey player. He's, I mean, he was a heart and soul guy for the Pittsburgh Penguins in their two cup runs, and. Now we're seeing it for the Wild. Like he scores a big goal to make it 1-1. It early on in the first gets things going for the Wild. He's, it's great. But you know what? Yes, Zach Parise had that goal. That was really that was his only shot on goal. Eric Stahl, one shot on goal. Miko Koivu, two shots on goal. Jason Zucker, two shots on goal. Michael Granlund, two shots on goal. Nino Niederreiter, one shot. So, I mean, yes, there was only 20 shots on goal total. Jonathan Erickson Eck had four. He led the team. No one else even had three. So, I, when I look at that and when I was – if you actually – if you watch the game and you had the feel for it, it just – nothing was happening against the Shifley line. A, a, absolutely nothing. And then Stastny comes out with line A and nothing's happening there. So, that Wheeler-Shifley combo – it was just completely shutting down Eric Stahl. And Eric Stahl was really, he's the only guy uh, who Minnesota needs. Minnesota needs him to be great. They need Nino, Nino Niederreiter to be great if they're going to win this series. They're already shorthanded defensively. They have a world-class goalie. But if your goal scorers aren't going to score you goals, not just that, but not even generate opportunities, you're going to be in big trouble. So, I look game two for those players to have a much better game two. Uh, otherwise, the Wild could be out of this in four or five games, and it won't be pretty. But let's not forget, the Wild only lost six games in regulation in the regular season. They have the best home record of any team. So, yes, they may go down 2 nothing in the series. I think that that's the likely outcome of uh, these games in Winnipeg. But they could go home to Minnesota, and they could tie it up because they love to play in Minnesota. So we'll look forward to that game. Lastly, let's go to the Las Vegas Knights who played their Golden Knights. They played their first playoff game in the history of their franchise. No one thought that we would be saying that this year. Uh, you know, we assume, oh yeah, within three, four years, maybe you'll make the playoffs, but not now. They This, this game was very back and forth. Uh, definitely the speed of the Knights really ha hampered 
the Kings. Uh, I think that what you saw that maybe surprised the Kings, the Kings tried to come out hitting, and the Golden Knights were actually the ones that got the better of the Kings. Drew Doughty was getting absolutely pelted. Uh, William Carrier was uh, hit, had a couple good licks in on Doughty, and you know what comes across. What what you see when you look at this team. Let's let's look at the Kings ice time. Drew Doughty, 28 minutes. Alec Martinez, 23. Everyone else played basically 19 or less minutes on the defensive side. Whereas for Vegas, Nate Schmidt at 24. Shea Theodore at 20. Englund, 22. McNabb, almost 20. Colin Miller, 17. And then John Merrill, who John Merrill, uh, he was uh, he's only there because of an injury. So John Merrill only played 12-43, but he actually was quite good. Uh, he played he played okay in that game in in a limited role. So uh, it was he played he played just fine. Uh, Derek England playing four minutes and fifteen seconds on the penalty kill. Uh, I would say that that was there was a couple bad penalties by Vegas that uh, that could have been avoided there, but it didn't come back to bite them. Mark Andre Fleury was fantastic. And neither team scored on the power play. The Knights, though, going 57% in the faceoff circle. Uh, and shoot that goal three minutes and 23 seconds into the first. Actually, I was driving home, and so I missed the first four minutes. I got home at 16-minute at mark of the first, and it was already one nothing. It was the only goal. So good on me. I missed all the goals. Uh, but a well-fought game. This game, you want to talk about some hits this game had 127 hits. Uh, this was playoff hockey. The Jets and the Wild playoff hockey. Lots of hits. The guys were "quote unquote" finishing their check every time. Uh, when I, the way I see this series panning out, uh, of course, I, I would say that that. I mean, Jonathan Quick had did everything he could to steal this game for the for the Kings. So this is going to be a goaltending stare down. And we saw it in game one. It was a lot of fun. Great intro to the game that the, the Golden Knights did. Of course, the only the way only Vegas can do. But I think what we're going to have to see, of course, is a little bit more out of you know, Anandze Kopitar, who only had two shots on goal. Uh, that's And Jeff Carter with two. Really, Jeff Carter was actually in the, in the broadcast I was watching. I was thinking, it was midway through the second or something, and I, I thought, you know, where is Jeff Carter? I haven't even heard his name. And maybe it was a couple minutes later that they actually alluded to, they Jeff Carter touched the puck, and they said, wow, I haven't heard you say Jeff Carter's name all day. And, uh, and I think that that is very telling. He played 21 minutes, 47 seconds. He played 3 minutes, 16 seconds on the power play. Had two shots on goal. That's just not enough. I, nobody had... The, nobody other than Tyler Toffoli who took six shots, no one had more than two shots on uh, for a, for forwards. I mean, Fanuf took three, Doughty took three, uh, but I think there's just needs to more offense is going to need to flow from uh, that Kopitar Dustin Brown line that has carried them all year. And then Jeff Carter's supposed to be able to come in and make a big difference from the on, as a second line center, and he's he really was non-existent in this game. So. Uh, I would look for him to have a better game, too. I, I think that the Kings will probably at least, I mean, we're going to see some goals in game two. Uh, I think 
that they are going to be able to adjust a little bit to the speed of the Knights because you know you, this team comes at you, they're hyped, and also you you know you play a lot of different teams. You adjust to the speed of teams, I think, over time. So I, I think that they will have a slight adjustment, but this is going to be a series where whew, I, who's going to get injured first? Who's going to be more beaten up? And will one of these teams, whoever wins this series, will they be walking after this series? Is San Jose Anaheim just going to be able to gobble up whoever loses here because they're they're on borrowed time in terms of injuries? So there's your three games. Tonight, all the other series begin. We've got Boston inviting the Leafs into their home, taking on for game one. The Devils going to Tampa. And the Blue Jackets in Washington. The Avs travel to Nashville. Smashville, that game's on at 9.30. And then the Sharks play the Ducks at 10.30 for the late night game. We will be back tomorrow to recap these five games. We'd love to hear your thoughts on them. Tweet at us, at OT Hockey Talk. We would, we'll, we'll answer your questions. We'll throw your comments on here. We are OT Hockey Talk. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Enjoy game one of all the rest of the series. Peace out.